6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Well, there's research at the University of Alberta into how stars are formed. And it's and it's getting a boost. The Canadian Space Agency has announced grants to some Canadian universities to support projects that use data collected by AstroSat to better understand how stars are formed. And one of the people doing some of that research right at the U of A is Dr. Eric Rosalowski, who's an associate professor in the Department of Physics in the Faculty of Science. Eric, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. All right, I have a, a lot of questions for you, but some of them might be pretty basic, <laughs> all right, when it comes to... Go right ahead. Okay, yeah. if that's all right. So first off, for those who, who don't know, when we talk about AstroSat, what is that? Uh, so AstroSat is a satellite mission, uh, and it was launched by the Indian government, and uh, Canada managed to contribute an instrument to the satellite. So we built the Ultraviolet Imaging Telescope in collaboration with our Indian colleagues and uh, put it on the satellite and launched it up, and it's orbiting around right now, taking uh, new images of the cosmos. So it's studying hot, high-energy objects in the universe, like young stars and black holes. That's what I was reading. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So, so, how, uh, yeah, so how did you get involved with being a part of this? Well, I study how galaxies form stars, and I was, I have a lot of ways to spend my time, <laughs> and I was going through and realized that this AstroSat mission would actually be a really good resource for seeing the youngest stars that have just formed in galaxies. And the way we decide how to use satellites in astronomy is we kind of put together a proposal, and all the astronomers who want to use it basically write up, hey, if you give me some time to use your telescope mm. uh, or satellite. Uh, this is what I'll do with it, and this is why it's going to be important for science. And then they take all the proposals and read them and basically decide, all right, these are the best cases, so we're going to allocate some time. And I was really fortunate that I got a chance to use the telescope uh, on uh, the AstroSat mission to actually make these observations of these nearest galaxies. So what is that what is that telescope like? like what what do you see through it? Well, it actually looks a lot like a regular camera. It's a basically a black and white camera, but what makes it unique is that it's studying ultraviolet light, and you're probably familiar with ultraviolet light mm -hmm. as the stuff that gives you a sunburn, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the, what's called far ultraviolet, uh, which is even more high-energy radiation, and uh, that comes from uh, hot stars, and hot stars are invariably young and have masses higher than the sun. And so that means that they, when they're hot, they give off way more ultraviolet radiation. This is the kind of, like, if Earth were around a hot star, we'd be, you know, have, you know, some SPF of, you know, 2,000 just to go outside. <laughs> you know, tons of ultraviolet light. But we can see the youngest stars uh, using this ultraviolet emission. Why is it important, then, why... You know, the work to map newly forming stars, what does what does that allow you to do? Like, where does that take us in learning what's going on? 
That's a great question. It's uh, the, these stars because they are just formed. Uh, are we can really see them associated with where they formed in a galaxy, and and this is all part of a larger arc that we're uh, carrying out, my collaborators and I, where we're trying to look at the gas clouds that form the stars and then the stars that uh, come right after them, uh, and right from them. And the key here is that these young stars, because of this ultraviolet light, actually destroy the clouds that they were formed in. Uh, oh. And that's based, you know, they're bad children. They <laughs> go through all this effort, and then they completely destroy the house that they grew up in. And we need to, we make the case that we need to understand this to really understand globally how galaxies are making stars, including solar systems like our own. Uh, because we also, we think we came from one of these uh, high-mass clouds that is a stellar nursery. And we want to understand how the young stars destroy the stellar nurseries and how effective those clouds are at forming stars. Could your work possibly change the theory around how stars are, are formed? I... On a good day, I flatter myself and say, yeah, of course it will. <laughs> but it, I think that what we're really doing here is we're really refining a clear picture okay. uh, about this. And what it does is it's highlighting what is important. Uh, it gives us, on one sense, it's telling us how important are these young stars at destroying these clouds, or do they last for a really long time? We have a good sense that they do, but we really nail down the numbers and that actually gives us a good insight as to what processes are important uh, so we're we're kind of we may know the headline but this is kind of writing the rest of the news story so stars from what i understand and from what i've learned from this conversation are like clumps within like big gas clouds that collapse in on themselves right yeah, that's where they form. Basic. <laughs> that's very basic. I actually, I found that on a, on a children's thing today, asking what's to, how stars are formed. But just so we know, um, how, how do you determine or, or what, what determines how long a star lasts for? Well, stars, I like to think of them kind of like cars with a gas tank. And uh, the, what, it's basically their gas is their fuel. And so our sun is making light from the fuel in the center of the sun. And it has a certain amount uh, that it was basically born with. And then it's burning through that fuel and giving us sunlight. And it's going to last a good long while. You know, don't sell your real estate. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's all good. But the high-mass stars are kind of like your, you know, souped-up monster trucks. They don't have really good mileage, but boy, they have a lot of power. Mm. And so they're going through, and if they if they have a bigger gas tank, because they're bigger, but they are going through their gas tanks so fast. And so that makes their lifetimes really short. They just run out of gas and then uh, end their stellar lives. I mean, this is still really long yeah. compared to, like, you know, when I get to retire, but it's <laughs> just, it, it, it is in a cosmic sense, relatively short. Fascinating stuff. Is there, is there ever a time when you're, I don't know, maybe looking through that 
astrostat telescope and you're you're looking out into space and you you think to yourself holy smokes this is a really cool job this is i i'm looking at stuff that most people will never get to see i was just telling my class that like uh, earlier this week it's like i feel I, i'm really lucky to have the job that i do and sometimes i'll just get lost in one of those images and think there's no one on earth that has really looked at this little corner of the universe as hard as i have right now it's it's really fortunate because it's you just get lost in these data so so quickly and it's such you know a marvelous cosmos out there and the pictures that we get back are just you know they're, they're stunning yeah, sure we do some science with it but the pictures are pretty awesome so when you're sitting on your back deck um late at night and looking up on a, on a clear night or maybe you're out in jasper watching the the dark sky out there do, do you do you have a do you have a favorite star? Do you have a, a favorite constellation? My go-to is Orion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really easy to pick out, but what's really neat about this is that the thing that I get excited about in my work, this process of star formation, is happening right there in Orion's belt. So you can see this little uh, smudge uh, right below Orion's belt. And that is a new... Uh, it's a cradle of stars, and there's high-mass stars, just like we're studying in other galaxies, right there that are forming and destroying their stellar nursery right there. And so it, you can see it with your eyes in Jasper. It's harder from town, but, yeah. yeah, it's right there and really easy to see. So I love spring, but it does mean that I don't get to see Ryan as much when I'm out walking the dog. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, um, you're looking forward to hearing more about your work in the future, uh, Dr. Rosalowski. Thank you for making time out of your day to join me on the show. It was a real pleasure chatting with you. I uh, really enjoyed it. Take care now. Dr. Eric Rosalowski is an associate professor at the Department of Physics in the Faculty of Science at the University of, uh, of uh, Alberta. And, yeah, he, he studies... Um, well, study star formation. And so some of this funding that's been announced by the Canadian Space Agency. This has been done right here. That's what I always found. I find fascinating, right? Um, he's going to be mapping newly forming stars and their disruptive effect on star forming dust clouds, like fitting this all in to how the galaxy works. Love space stories, love star stories.